1: Welcome to Lama Das's Awakening Now podcast. We are very pleased to share with you Lama's unique illumination of the awakened awareness teachings. If you are interested in supporting Lama Das's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/suryadas.
2: Homage to the Buddha, the Buddha the divine, the inner light in your seat, don't overlook her. It, that, with two capital T's. Tatwam Asi, thou art that, as it says in the Vedas, the ancient scriptures of India. Thou art that. Who do you think you are? Or not. have more music, more soul in our soulless and not uh, Buddhist souls, don't you think? Put a little more soul into this dance. A haiku for you. Cauliflower ears, potato eyes, carrot nose, how simple things are. I think I should get a gong for that. Okay, back to our script <laughs> that our retreat manager gave me this my prepared speech. Thank you. I have some wonderful speech writers here that I just can channel. In our Azogchen practice and accomplishment lineage, the remade dribge, the non sectarian city, city lineage. This is a great story of Pachal Rinpoche and his guru. So, Pachal Rinpoche, the enlightened vagabond in our tradition, was sitting on a hilltop at night above their Zogchen Monastery in Kham, Eastern Tibet, on the hilltop under the stars with a a few, let's say, close disciples, monks, whatever they were. And No Shilong Talk was like first or elder or senior among them. And he was perhaps lying down closest to the master, whatever. And the master said, you see those stars in the sky? And the disciple said, yes. Master said, do you hear those dogs barking down there? The master said, yes. The disciple said, yes. The master said, that's it. So what does that mean? It means that's it. This is it. Hearing is Hearing. What are you looking for? What kind of enlightenment are you looking for? An Asian Buddhist statue, on head transplanted onto your shoulders? This is it. Hearing is it. Seeing is it. Feeling is it. Knowing is it. Sensing is it. Being is it. By extension, whatever you're doing is it. It doesn't mean it's all good. You might be doing something toxic and, and, and unhealthy and killing yourself. But we're talking now in the realm of oneness, and the absolute. There's nothing that's not it. So don't look elsewhere. This is it. The six senses left in their natural state is the way of the natural great perfection. So that's a famous, important, significant story in our lineage of introduction to the nature of mind, or introduction to our true nature. And with that, the disciple who was lying there minding his own business, not necessarily meditating, not dressed up for the occasion, just hanging out with the master and the other sangha members, whatever, friends on the hilltop at night, not having a formal session or ritual or retreat or anything. That's how he awoke, how he recognized the true nature of his Buddha mind. That's it. That thought is it. That sound is it. That feeling is it. This is it. Just hearing we're all Buddhas isn't enough. We have to understand we're all Buddhas by nature, but it's momentary obscurations that veil that fact. We just have to see through or thin the veil or something. We could use a little tweaking, as the Zen master said. Just a little tweaking or a lot, depending. Just like this world, so beautiful, so miraculous, so perfect as it is. And yet, what a goddamn mess we're in also. So we can see the three-quarters of the glass that's full or the half that's empty. Depends on us and our arithmetic. One plus one equals oneness, not half plus a half equals a whole. Two halves, half people never make a whole somehow. When we're whole and complete, one plus one then oneness. Another whole person. So... That's one of the Dzogchen lineage stories about how the masters practiced or introduced the nature of mind, which is the first point of the three vital points of Siksimnadic. The three points that strike to the heart of the matter, Siksimnadic, the Dzogchen text, first written down from the oral traditions, many generations, hundred years ago by Patro Rinpoche. First, the introduction or the recognitions, glimpse. And then second, the path, so that's the ground, That's it. And then resting in it, checking it out, seeing if there's anything else. So we ascertain it for ourselves with great certainty, not just take the master's word for it. What did that mean? High five. Okay, very good, 50%. So, the ground, the glimpse, the introduction. This is how Zogchen is always explained. And then comes the path of ascertaining it, of checking it with great certainty, maturation, getting used to it. First, seeing it as it is, and then second, leaving it as it is, having something to rest in. First, seeing there's a there, there, and then resting there. Not just trying to get there, you see the difference. This is not a path from here to there, it's from here to here. First, we have to know there's a there here, and then resting in it here. And then naturally proactive Buddha activity unfolds, not Ego strategy, how we can get something or retire early and be happy later. So I've been talking about this all week. I'm not going to belabor the point. Those who have ears to see, know. Am I going too fast, Christopher? Okay. The view, meditation, and action of the great perfection. What we're talking about this week, the structure or the basis, the Buddhism theory, the view, meditation, action, based on our practice, of our sky-gazing, of our seeing through, being through, of our structured practice, emphasizing the practice here this week, not the nine yanas and vehicles and approaches and all the other different aspects of Buddhism, the four truths, the eightfold paths, ten paramitas, thirty-seven practices, of the bodhisattvas, etc., and other things we could discuss the four faces of Buddha's love we discussed and so on. But focusing on the view, meditation, and action so we have a glimpse or an introduction or recognize or find our balance point or as Mel said in the first night, sometimes I just know it is there or okay or I'm there or whatever he said. Then we have a there to be there in here. Until then, we don't even know there's a there there. So first is like Satori in Zen, or awakening, or breakthrough. And then comes getting used to it, maturation, the path. And third is the fruit or the result, the Buddhic activity, the transformative virtues and paramitas, panacean activities of the bodhisattvas. The glimpse, maturation, and stabilization is the third phase, the fruit. So in uh, Mahmudran Dzogchen we talk about stabilization not enlightenment not enlightenment experiences not nirvana not oneness which is not really B- Buddha's fav- favorite term we like prefer not two so we're not asserting one it's very hard to have a one without other stabilization to result so that there is no backsliding that's why we say the wine is in the bottle that's Number one, we have to understand that, not continually looking for additives or heating or cooling or other special techniques. The Buddha nature is in the bottle, but it gets better, mature year by year. The second point, the path. Until third, we're just always drinking it and sharing it all the time without getting any higher Uh, there was another way of explaining this that's related, but has a little different twist on it, just for the record, from the great Mipam Rinpoche, the indomitable Mipam, who called it Nunchri, Selzo, Tempe Top tree. Vision and reality first, like you're actually experiencing it with a capital T, small I. tree. Vision and reality, or breakthrough, or epiphany, you know? These are just translations. Like we say breakthrough, it sounds like there's something else. But if we say epiphany, we understand it's like a quantum leap, a hyper jump to a different level of experience. Like in flatlands, the sphere is king. The three or four-dimensional being is is actually Jesus in that metaphor in that book. So, Muntree... Vision and reality, or actuality, and then it's kind of like being there, glimpsing it. And then second, selzok, perfecting or the expression or 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 uh, stabilizing the. Uh, it's kind of like um, learning how to exercise your muscles. First, you know, being introduced to the fact you have muscles and this is how you exercise them, and then exercising them. So exercising rigpa. So first is like glimpsing Rigpa or experiencing divine presence. So what words could we use? In Satori it's called breakthrough to shunyata. So Buddha nature or shining void. So Seltzok is perfecting the expressions or working, working, exercising Rigpa. First is glimpsing or recognizing being introduced to Rigpa. Uh, Let me use that word, please, so I don't have to keep defining it with synonyms. And second, Buddha, Rigpa as we call it in And second, e- exercising, expressing it, experimenting with it, improvising, seeing what it is and how it works, like exercising muscles. And third, is more like stabilizing it or, or uh, being, I don't want to say muscle-bound because that's too much. Being in shape. Being in shape. Which ain't that far away. It's not somewhere else, as you see, what we're talking about. And what is the right shape? That's kind of up to you. How much are you a muscle-bound, you know, professional, I don't know what, bodybuilder or CrossFit trainer? Or are you just being in shape, healthy, happy, and energized and balanced? So tempeh took stabilizing or profe- realization, really. Third is the realization, not just beliefs or dogma. So this is kind of the path of progress, if you will, in our Dzogchen practice tradition. We began by talking today, uh, practicing a little of the chanting Guru Yoga, Then, but the main practice, the silent awareness, naked awareness practice, sky gazing, introducing a little bit of the ah and, and you know vibrating, getting out of our head, the five hungs, the five hung, hung is the wisdom syllable, they call it, om, you know, vision, creation, ah, expression, ah, releasing, ah, hung, 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 profound, beyond words, hung. Oh. Um, Aum covers all seven, whatever they're called, of the whatever it is music spectrum. I used to have a memory, seven notes of the music spectrum. Ah, uh, that's why I sometimes spelled A U M. Aum. Um, so the um and the m has a dot under it in Sanskrit, which gives it a glottal something or other stuff, and go mm, mm. It's hard to think when you're going. Mm. You with me? like, ah, release. Mm. Hunging out. Hung. Ah. Squeezing it out. Ah. Whatever. Deep. Release. Decontract your ego. Constricted asshole. Friends, rectum, whatever. Ah. So, hung is a great, it's called the five wisdom tradi- syllables, traditionally, not my version I just gave. <sighs> hunging out as a tune up and then going back to just being. So, putting a little effort into our effortless sky gazing practice. First effort with the chanting, guru yoga, then effortless, just being, sky gazing, just being, seeing through. And then a little effort with the hunging as a tune up and then back to. Just being, and then maybe are getting dazed, spaced out, dull, sleepy, I don't know what, distracted even. Another tune-up with the sharp pet and turning towards rather than away at objects, looking at the subject and the subject-object duality, subject-object and interaction. The three spheres of Buddhist psychology, understanding, perception. I see it. Subject, object, and interaction, I hear it. So turning it to the subject, looking at the projector, not just the projections on the silver screen of emptiness, looking into who or what is experiencing as a tune-up, putting a little more effort into it, and coming back to just resting in the luminous sense openness. Even if I don't know is the answer you get, that's a much better answer than our usual answer about who we think we are, which is so limited and limiting. Oh, I'm like this, I'm like that, or worse. I'm just this, I'm just that. I can't be president. I'm just a woman. I'm just a a, a black guy. I'm just this, I'm just that. What can I do? I'm not Oprah or Princess Diana. How can I do anything for the world? I'm not a giant spiritual leader like Mother Teresa so big. You know, a little Mother Teresa from Albania, four feet tall. Look, she shook the whole planet. So who do you think you're not? That's just inverse egotism and low self-esteem. So being very much with this Vajra pride or dignity of the lineage of the Buddha nature. Not my will but Thine, O Lord Buddha. Take my seat. You do it. So that's what this practice is like, just resting at the origin of all things and being Buddha, as Suzuki Roshi said, sitting, Zazen is sitting Buddha. Walking Sazen is walking Buddha. That means you, not the master. This very land is the pure land, this very body, the Buddha, as I sang before from Hargurin. This very body doesn't mean his body or my body. Everybody, and not just human, but that's a big vision, view. That's the view of the great innate great perfection that we're talking about. That's the stabilized, realized view so in a way, this is the path of progress, although it's really three-in-one to view meditation and action. We will, are still in the relative, and we want to get somewhere and be better people and contribute to a better world. Much needed, and we should. So the path of practice, progress in the Dzogchen way. Any questions, please? And don't feel it has to be a highfalutin question like the way I'm you know, presenting. But It'll benefit everyone. Susie, did I see your hand twitch? Hi. Susie Cream Cheese from the Rope University. I, I so can't cheesy. I can hold
1: back. <laughs> um, nice to see you. Nice to see you and everyone. Um, so chanting to break up the solidity. Um, I'm just impressed with that and noticing that you're up there you know, um, going for the gold. I, I don't know how to say it. Um, breaking up the solidity of like we're, we're chanting in a kind of melodious way and sort of getting into that and then breaking up the solidity. I'm, I'm just interested in that.
2: Okay. So you're an old student, so you're assuming a lot. So you're talking about like should cutting through, breaking up the solidity of what? Just spell it out.
1: Yeah. So, so it it, it's like there's some special things that, like, practice. I think of as breaking up solidity. Do you know, like, breaking up the kind of continuous flow of thoughts and me, me, you know, the meanness of things. Do you know the?
2: um, No, that's one kind of practice. You know, the
1: the Susan goes on and on thing. And you know, I feel like to some extent there's, you know. Those, it's almost like I'm a weed and I keep growing and like I grow really fast so I can break up the solidity and then the, the weed just grows in like seconds, yes. you know, that kind of thing. And so right. so there's that breaking up the solidity of that and seeing through the thick forest of weeds. And I get that there's another side too, but I just wanted to just say more about that.
2: Well, um, I, I was hinting before that we're all flowers, but weeds, I guess, is included. You can be a weedy weed if you want no judgment
1: yeah i think just fast growing flowers or yeah, yeah whatever but yeah.
2: weeds is a good example also because it feels like we get like in florida you know the green or you know or, or wherever you know you kind of get to feel big being overtaken by the weeds and you keep weeding them out from around your precious whatever roses or whatever they keep coming back so that's not a bad yeah. image for the kalatias for the conditioning and karma the nature and nurture process the ruts the habits the unfulfilling habits that keep overtaking us much as we would like to change or do different
1: yeah there's it's it's like it's like getting rid of the weeds to some extent or seeing through them or seeing beyond them and then you know i look at those pictures behind you and then there's flowers that are just like you know um seeing you know like that there's that you know like the the seeing the weeds is those
2: um there's a story about you know everybody talks about picking the dandelions and getting out the, you know, not just taking off the head and having it still ruin your perfect suburban lawn. I'm sure you have one. But getting the root. I mean, if you're going to bother to take out the dandelions so your, whatever it's called, grass can look nice or grow well. If you don't get the root, you're kind of just wasting time in a way. And not really. Maybe you're just out there to garden and exercise. But it depends what you're trying to do. So in general, you got to get the root. Similarly with the spiritual life, not do a spiritual bypass or end run around the you know, rotten parts and build new on top of the rotten foundation or the cavities or whatever is unseen and then have it all fall apart. Anyway, so that, somebody said, it may have been Thich Nhat Hanh or one of his pseudopods that come after, he said something like, it's a good image about the dandelions and getting at the root and the root of the and the poisonous, you know, obscurations and all, but just in general, we shouldn't, you know, hate dandelions either, like have you never heard of pregnant paws, dandelion salad, dandelion tea, with its medicinal properties, you see what I'm saying? So shit, bad, but manure, fertilizer, good. So About weeding and all that. We could look into that. Like your particular weeds might make you, you know, like a good art, you know, artist at the art of your life that's different than the artist of the life of the guy next to you. But about cutting through and all, I want to uh, go back to more in the line of the specific practice. Like we shouted pet. I know I wouldn't spell this out because I don't care what you shout. Just that you shout and you get like startled or out of your head of shock, and then feel something in the moment vibrating or like you know shocked out of your habitual holding pattern. You know, I, I see a lot of meditation as like a holding pattern. We talk about letting go, but we try to look get into that holding pattern, peaceful or same or good. And you know, it's like planes circling the airport. Holding pattern is not good. It's, a, it's good for the moment when needed, but it's not the goal of air travel. <laughs> so finding a comfort zone in meditation is like holding pattern, not the goal of spiritual journey. So in the Dzogchen tradition, just to stay with what I know, and what we're trying to do and teach and transmit and practice here, shouting pet is one way of breaking up the solidity of our habitual meditation. Break up the ice forming on the free-flowing waters of innate awareness. Not trying to get into a particular state of mind like l- let calm and clear with no thoughts or blissful, happy, or light and spacious, infinite. These are just temporary local weather conditions we're creating in our mind that just dissipate when the what puts it together, run, the energy holding it together, runs out. And other causes and conditions come in so not falling into uh, just any particular state like not letting the free flowing waters freeze so we chop it up that's what check just call cutting through chopping check cutting chopping really seeing through so we use different techniques to do that like the abrupt who question is good for some people who takes you out of not just look you know the outer perception. So that's what I call tune-ups, to break up the solidity, which is really habit. We're reifying things. We're concretizing them. They're not any more solid or less. It's our fixation. You know, we're using the crazy glue to keep it together, like, oh, good meditation, oh, bad meditation, or oh, whatever. So I think it's very important to, like, have some tech tools and techniques so you don't just sit there days to doing nothing and looking at the watch and hoping, trying to do it longer. You might be just wasting time. So cutting through, seeing through, chopping up, breaking it up. So specifically, in our tradition, the great fearless Dzogchen master, Jigmi Lingpa, sang, as waterfalls get better by falling from rock to rock, this treasured practice gets better by being broken up again and again. Literal translation. Let me interpret a little more. As the waterfall gets better and better, more sound and and bubbles and hiss and, you know, storm and drong and white water from falling from rock to rock, not just going, right? Like waterfall. Ah, awesome. Niagara Falls. Ah. The meditation gets better by being broken up also, not just, you know, automatic pilot. And plateau, not. So we use things to break it up and chop it up. Thus, the famous Zen uh, saying: "Youngdrung Dramang, short duration, many times repeated." Or, in American, many quickies rather than few prolongies. Which is very different than most meditation instruction. But how long do you meditate? Longer is better, as everyone would generally say and think, right? Oh, you only meditate 20 minutes? You should meditate 40 minutes, and so on. So, and this is an interesting, again, Zogchen always coming from like the non-dual point of view, this moment only moment, not longer.
1: But would you would you say within the long, like if you weren't practicing longer, those rocks were like distractions? Do you know, like, like within a, with the, even within a meditation session?
2: I don't know. I wouldn't jump metaphors. I think you know what distractions are. Do you have a question about what are the distractions? Not really, no. I think the rocks are whatever arises. Because wakefulness is the natural state. So If in this metaphor it's flowing, whatever rises is the rocks that it bounces on or goes, you know, runs into. Whether those rocks are interfering or are adornments that make a better, more interesting river or waterfall, that's kind of up to how you look at it, isn't it? So if calm and clear is your goal and you just want to have a little relaxed meditation to lower your stress, that's one thing. But if oneness and And uh, mm, Buddha activity is your goal and everything has to be grist for the mill. Your grindstone of Vajra awareness has to be, you know, whatever, bigger than whatever goes into the hopper. It grinds everything equally. Thus we call it one taste. Or seeing everything as hood ornaments and adornments rather than obstacles. We don't necessarily need a beautiful angelic angel or, or, or dolphin on our hood ornament. It could be a gargoyle. It could be a scary dragon, but it could be a cool hood ornament because we're the big and it's the small, not, Oh, scary dragon. So big. And I am small. That's the ego perspective. Oh, scary world. I'm just a cognate, overwhelming. No. So it's a figure ground shift, whether you identify with your little bubble, like separate self ego fearful, needy, greedy, you know, separate ego or the whole of which the ego is a part and just the ego has its proper function. So I hope that's helpful. Any last question before we end? Linda? Hi, Linda. How are you? Do you have a question for me? Yes.
3: Well, I'm going to say that you making us laugh i have found to be the most effective thing about break most effective way to break things up so that that's that's what your values so you're so funny anyway i wanted to say about um when i first um met you at omega and i came home after that and i was pulling out the dandelions of course and they started to scream i heard them i heard the dandelions Ugh. And it was awful. I couldn't do it anymore until I made a special plot for them, because the the decision was the neighbors versus my love for the dandelions. Well, there's the middle way there, you know. You can't take half the dandelions out, right? So that helped a lot. Now the other thing is um, Bodhicitta, the wonderful nectar that we all are getting from you. Somehow when you had when you apply that to the situation it doesn't matter what the weed in the flower is for some reason you can't even tell okay you cannot tell and i have seen weeds turn into beautiful plants because of bodhicitta and i know because i intentionally do it that's what i practice Anyway. thank thank you we'll give
2: give you a gong for that linda thank you Yes, sometimes the weeds are flowers. Who knows? Or vice versa. I don't know.